Hello, everybody. Bob Oxley here for another show. Tips, topics, issues, and positions. And today's topic is going to be immigration. And it's uh, my pleasure uh, to introduce uh, Dr. Toy from Dixie State University and <clears throat> brand new to our campus. So welcome, Dr. Toy. Thank you for having me. Uh, let me go through. I, I, I didn't realize... Uh, uh, all of the uh, positions that you now have at Dixie State University. <laughs> I mean, it was amazing. I knew that you were going to be the director of Multicultural and the Inclusion Center. Yes. But then I find out that you, uh, that uh, Dr. Uh, Williams, President Williams, is has you in a position of a, the uh, a chief diversity officer. Correct. And then on top of all that, you might as well take up another position. So I know you don't have anything else to do. It's a few more hours of the day. <laughs> Assistant Vice President for Campus Diversity. Yes. Wow. So you are the right person to have when we're talking about this topic called immigration because that diversity fits right into that. And we're going to talk about those things. But first of all, yes. Uh, as a uh, and I know our listeners uh, want to know a little bit more about you mm -hmm. and those of you watching on Facebook and uh, Podbean. Uh, I'm sure that uh, you can see Dr. Uh, Dr. Toy's face. So, Dr. Toy, could you give us a little bit of background? Like, you're here at Dixie, and how did you get here, and where did you come from, and all that good stuff? Well, first of all, I would like to say hello to everyone. And coming to uh, St. George and to DSU, it has been a wonderful experience. I come from Georgia on the other side of the Mississippi and I was born and raised there, moved to North Carolina. I'm a proud graduate of North Carolina Central University in Durham. And that's where I received um, my degree in history and my first job in higher ed at Duke University. When I got the bug of higher ed, that was it. I moved on to New Jersey and I graduated with my PhD at from Seton Hall University. Um, found out I didn't like shoveling snow anymore. <laughs> I am a Southern girl at heart, and I guess that's why I kind of fit right here in Dixie. It's the Southern, uh, what is this, this, what, Southern South of uh, Utah? That's what we're... We're the Southwest, yeah. Southwest the, we're the of South Utah. of Utah. There yep. you go. Yep. And so that's why uh, I, I was suggested one of my friends apply. Hadn't heard of DSU or Dixie State, St. George, or I've heard of Utah, but you, that's not on my traveling list at the time. I applied, and it just was a wonderful fit, and now I'm here with three job titles and three responsibilities and looking forward to making a difference. Wow, and those are big responsibilities, and <clears throat> we're really happy to have you. Thank you for having uh, me. It's uh, The word's already out, and here we are in the middle of the summer, and we're, but we're moving forward to the uh, opening of the uh, formal academic year. Yes, but, uh, in a few weeks. We're really excited to have you on board, and I know our listeners are also. Thank you for okay. having me. Well, we better uh, just uh, evolve into our topic and our issue. And the topic today is immigration. And it seems like that term is in the news every single day yes. now because of all mm -hmm. the uh, uh, things that are going on. And I think I'd really like to start off by uh, getting your opinion as to the immigration policy in general uh, that's been adopted uh, by the federal government, the U.S. federal government. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then we can evolve into more specifics like uh, the implementation with ICE and the children and parental yes. separation situation. But first of all, I want to just we always start off this way: immigration 
your general opinion of the policies and what should it be changed and if so what changes and just your own opinion on this to be honest with you i'm conflicted i understand where we do need to be a welcoming uh country that's what we were founded on um as being a history major we have seen over time that we there's different waves of people who've come to our shores and have joined our wonderful experiment called america but on the other side of it i can also understand the concern when it comes to our safety and what it means to keep our our land and what we hold dear um, safe and secure. We cannot just ignore those type of things. Putting all of that together, I think there's a, it's a balancing act that no one has really taken the time to figure out what is the true answer. Um, we are all, whether we want to believe it or not, immigrants, one way or another, either voluntarily or involuntarily in my case. But September 11th happened. And those type of things. So we do, ha it's a balancing act of both of those things. Not everyone is a, want to harm us or cause us harm, but we also have to understand that we are part of a global stage. Everyone does not operate like America. We are very fortunate to be very organized, very um, centered on our own safety and the safety of our citizens. Not other countries do not hold those truths to be evident, self-evident. And they are harming their own citizens. They are not organized like we are. So all of those things are the reason why I say I'm conflicted, because um, there's really not a pretty tight bow answer to that question. Okay. Let's, let's go right into it. Yes. ICE. Yes. Uh, immigration. <laughs> yeah, and immigration. Mm -hmm. we're, uh, we're looking at uh, immigration and customs enforcement. Yes. And we see in the last month or two that children are being removed from their parents, mm -hmm. not only removed from their parents that uh, have come across illegally. Yes. Uh, but the, this, the uh, uh, children are being transported to all over our country, literally. We have yeah. them in New York and Michigan and mm -hmm. Georgia, where you're from, all over. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and the parents and some of the parents we found out have already been deported. Yes. So we've got children that are under the age of 12 mm -hmm. uh, that they may never see their parents again. Right. Is, is that, am I, in, did I interpret that correctly? You're correct. And unfortunately, this is not the first time. I mean, even under the Obama administration, remember there was this um, mass exodus of these children coming from Honduras and Central America mm -hmm. by themselves and six, 12 years old, making this hundreds of miles trek on their own um, by foot to make it to our shores. And so some of them made it in. Some of them were meeting family members. Some of them left family members in their hometowns or home countries. So this is not the first time. Laying that as a foundation doesn't mean it's right. It does not mean that it's correct, and it doesn't mean that's something they were supposed to do to another human being. Um, I, the way that they handled it, in my opinion, and these are my own opinions, was not correct. Um, something, a, a commentator, a Republican commentator actually said these words. He said, um, when a baby is born in a hospital, the first thing that they do before the mother and the infant is they put bands on them so they can match the parent to the child. Right. 
my thing is, I understand if they separated them for processing. I think I'm really hurt and disappointed in the way that they were treated, that they were not handled correctly, that they are just basically torn apart from each other. I think it could have been handled better and that the court system is holding them accountable to that. How to fix that is going to be, unfortunately, either bringing the parent here or shipping the child back to the parent, but we don't even know where they are. So it's a horrible thing. And, and the, what I'm finding out is they're having three-year-olds in yes. a, testifying Yes. in remote locations, and they're scared to death. Okay, I just, uh, I, I can't fathom this. So, a three, so just think about it. A three-year-old in another country does not probably know the language and probably just got the hang of not having nap time, is standing in front of a court, um, a judge, and going through the process and the, that on average what we've seen is a between, it could be about 15 to 20 minutes of processing and then being asked to basically essentially being deported again. So the cycle continues. But yes, as young as three, by themselves. Unbelievable. Mm -hmm. So let me get this straight. Let me so I make sure I understand you. Yes. Uh, first of all, the, the system itself, the immigration system itself, uh, you feel that it is warranted because mm -hmm. for our own national security. Yes. On the other side, when it came to the recent implementation of policy, the separation of the children, if they're going to do that, it's not, it doesn't take a brain scientist to put bands on their arms or whatever. <laughs> and why are you shipping them halfway across the country? Yes. And uh, now we can, I, I guess as of this morning, uh, that 57 of those under five-year-olds mm -hmm. have been reunited with their parents yes. some way are in the process of going back to their countries. We, that leaves over 50% that are still out there. So they did not comply with the federal judge. Uh, for that age group. Yes, and they did ask for an extension. They did adhere to the policies as set by the judge and asked for an extension and also admitted uh, a little bit of not being able to, because it was not handled well on the front end, that they're really struggling to reunite these families. Okay, and I guess one point that I want to throw out at you is, I guess what we forget is these employees of ICE. Yes. Uh, we think that they're all mean people. And they are not, yes. Yeah, pulling those children away from their mm -hmm. parents, screaming and crying, and uh, this is their job, mm -hmm. and this is part of, under the immigration program, customs, this is their job. Correct. And uh, I, I thought I had, I, my emotions got involved like everybody else when I hear babies crying like that. Mm -hmm. um, but the, uh, the interview with one of those individuals from ICE, yes. uh, gentlemen, he said, do you not think it's tough on us? Mm -hmm. He said, I have two children at home. Mm -hmm. Do you not think I'm following the orders of our government, mm -hmm. and that's my job. So uh, we always have to keep that in mind, too. Yes. But uh, there's a moral thing in here that's uh, a fine thread. I don't think we're going to have this problem again. I think that was an example, but uh, we can't let up. Uh, we've no. got to make sure that people understand this is not the right thing to do. And, and what, we're, what we're hearing from around the world is mm -hmm. they're, uh, we're not making a very good impression on ourselves. No, and I would just like to say that um, the ICE agents that are parents, I think that's the, 
the jubilation moment in this is that they are treating those children who are being removed by from their parents with compassion and not saying each experience that these children are um, encountering is perfect, but they are having a little bit of compassion and in, in, in empathy and in love in some cases away from their family. So it's thank you for the ICE agents that are out there doing the work and treating them with respect. That's the key, mm-hmm. treating with respect. The, the one stumbling blocks that you're running into is some of the private institutions that have been contracted. Uh, they have to keep track of them, and there's been a couple of isolated situations. So there's always something like that it and is. something this massive. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you. Here cool. we go. <laughs> <laughs> now let's, let's, let's take it on, and let's, let's bring it a little bit closer to home, like okay. Dixie State University. Yes, you. All right, here we go. Those same current policies. Mm-hmm. What do you anticipate as far as I know that our goal is to increase the diversity on the Dixie State campus. Correct. I know you've been given that charter. Yes. This, this will happen. Okay. I, I've only been here for uh, <laughs> only 15 minutes, but let's see what we can do. Yes. <laughs> so uh, my my thought is uh, what do you how do you do this? How do you how do you put together a campus mm-hmm. that will incent people from a variety of cultures and backgrounds uh, to our campus and make it an environment that is conducive for their learning Mm -hmm. and also conducive to learn about other cultures. And uh, so I'm going to throw it at your, I know you've had all sorts of time to think about this. (laughs) I'm notorious for this. Oh, okay. (laughs) You didn't warn me about that. Uh, Let's see what we can do. Well, I will be honest with you. We, DSU or Dixie State is very fortunate that they, from the administration, the faculty and staff, and the students that I've met, really are championing this cause and wanting to know how, we know we want to do this, but how do we do this? And that's where I come in of, let's see what you have already, and let's tweak it and change it and see what happens to make those differences. We, one of the things that I was told um, during my interview from the one of the deans on my selection committee was that we are the one of the most diverse campuses in the state of Utah, which is great. But what does that mean for us on the actual campus? What does it mean for our classes, our courses? And what does it mean for our graduates? Because they're going to become our alumni. It means that we have opportunities to share many people's background. We were just talking off air that we are both, we've all shoveled snow. Now we no longer have that responsibility. (laughs) But carrying that with us, we have um, that that good baggage or memories of what it means to be in that particular environment. And that's what each group will bring. It's Everybody's story is their story. It is not right. It is not wrong. But it's their story. Teaching people, that's adults and students alike, that you have to respect people where they're coming from. You have to be empathetic and sympathetic and have an open heart and open mind. Um, don't have the expectation that everyone will champion the cause that I've taken up with these uh, three responsibilities. (laughs) But it also means that um, respect is due to all who, who come to this idea. Okay. All right. Let me take, let me take it one step further. Okay. We talked big time campus. Uh All right. Now here you are. 
You're the director of the uh, Multicultural Inclusion Center. Yes. Which is a variety. Talk about (laughs) diversity. There you go. You've even got a group over there called the Veterans. Yes, I do. (laughs) So just taking a look at what your Mm -hmm. portfolio is as far as the MIC is concerned. Yes. uh, Do you have any priorities or based on your experience or how are we going to implement that? I guess my, my, my question for you is, these people are unique in their own right, mm-hmm. but how do we, what do we need to do at Dixie State, and what is the MIC's responsibility to implement this diversity that we want, mm-hmm. and more importantly, that we have mutual respect for each other and each other's uniqueness on this campus? Okay. Well, let me go back real quick and share uh, a little bit about each one of the titles and what, who they address, and that will probably help a lot. Great. First, with the Multicultural and Inclusion Center, that is for our multicultural students and getting them to be inclusive on this campus. So that's a a department unto itself. As the Assistant Vice President for Campus Diversity, that's where the Women's Resource Center, our LGBT veterans, um, also we will do partnerships, of course, with Disability Services and our International Student Services. Those departments are um, connected either directly or indirectly to that title. And then the Chief Diversity Officer works with everyone on campus to include those areas, adult learners to be um, not to be forgotten, to our campus and how they're connected um, and also the resources that's necessary. And also the last but my favorite one is the recruitment, retention, and um, retention of faculty and staff of color, also administration. So that's the CDO responsibility. Going back, what I would like to say is that each one of these groups has needs and has expectations, whether it's in the classroom or our support services. And my my job and my task and my mission is to make sure that the entire campus addresses those issues. Also, when there's conflict and controversy that will always arise, that we as a collective community will work together to solve those in a very respectful manner. We have adult learners that are the group that has not really gotten that much uh, attention, and we're going to grow and help that group uh, have place here on campus. Our multicultural students, more a traditional sense. Those students, um, my focus is going to be retention. We're having a wonderful time, and we're bringing them on campus, but we, our job is to make sure that they're retained and they graduate. That is one of the major missions that uh, the MIC has. Okay, so what you're looking for, not only do you want to recruit them. Correct. And because I think that's so valuable for all students, mm-hmm. I'm 100% behind this. I, I'm prejudiced on this. I love it. <laughs> and because, because you learn so much by talking from pe- to mm-hmm. people from different cultures and backgrounds. That's how you learn. And all the misinformation or disinformation is yes. out the window based on your experience here. What you're saying to all of us and our listeners yes. is that you want to implement programs that will retain those students. In other words, it's pretty easy to recruit them because we have a nice campus and we have a nice yes. location. and Wonderful uh, majors, it, wonderful people. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and it's growing and uh, fastest growing uh, university in the state of Utah. And yes. so we're kind of like waving our own flag. That incents them to come to this campus. Mm-hmm. What your concern is... 
is retaining those students for the four years to get their degree. Yes. And then move onward. And then now you have alumni and mm-hmm. we, we're evolving toward graduate programs. So that's, exactly. that's stepping stone. So, mm-hmm. and you have to establish that amongst the various diverse groups. Right. So word of mouth gets out saying this is a very positive environment to go get your education in. Right. Is that really what? That, that's exactly it. And the the other thing is a lot of people have the misconception that the work that uh, takes place in this particular department is only outside of the classroom, but it's inside the classroom, too. It is very important that our faculty and staff understand who our students are, what they're bringing with them, and that they are respected in the classroom also. So it's not just one side of the house. It's both sides that are um, important for us to address and make sure that both environments are conducive for our students to stay and to graduate. Fantastic. Fantastic. Okay. A little bit lighter now. Okay. Thank you. You you got it. (laughs) Was that? That that wasn't that. No, it wasn't. Uh, (laughs) um, Any, have you, you're giving it some thought here. Any Mm -hmm. um, events coming up in the future for the MIC, or are you going to be interfacing with the different clubs that represent the diverse groups and are we going to have maybe a multicultural fair coming down the road or yes. something along? Yeah. Well, I, again, I've only been here for three weeks. Um, <laughs> I, my email just started week, uh, working last week, so um, I'm it's a little work in progress. But I can say that we're doing a diversity week that's going to take place in October. Beautiful. What that looks like, I'm not sure, but be on the lookout for that. Okay. Of course, the welcome uh, ex the campus expo that's coming in for our freshmen. Uh, Freshman Friday, we're going to be taking um, participating in that. And our LGBTQ group, they're growing. Uh, we have a resource. We have a professional staff person, uh, Katie Perkins, who's uh, really spearheading that idea. And it's in its um, rebuilding phase, and we're waiting to see what she's going to re- uh, share with the campus on that. Um, the only other thing that I would say is we're trying to also increase our interaction, not only on campus, but our community. So we invite everyone to take a look at our website and also uh, Dixie State on our social media to see what's going on and what's coming down the pipeline. Which I think, here's something else. It's really yes. important. The community and Dixie State. So we don't want a town and gown controversy. We right. want We want that community to adopt us and we want them to be part of us. Please. involved. And you're one of us, the community out there listening to yes. this program. So uh, guess what? We're, we're running out of time here what? already. Yes, I'm sorry to say, but uh, I want to thank you for taking time. And I know what it's like. You're, you've been here three weeks, and here I put you in, <laughs> and I start grilling you on immigration policy. Very quickly. In, in the, you probably never come back, but I hope you do. I, I will. really would Thank like you to have you for back. Having me. It was wonderful. Um, any any last comments? Uh, now that you can take a deep breath, anything you'd like to say to our listeners out there at all? I would just like to say that I forgot to mention at the beginning that I am a happily married woman. I have to say hello to my husband, <laughs> uh, Joel, and also uh, my parents back in Georgia. I left them there, and I hope to see them pretty soon as we are uh, transitioning out. And also, thank you to the faculty and staff of DSU. You have made these last three weeks uh, fly by. You've given me a lot of work, but I have relished every moment of it. Can't wait to get started uh, with the academic year. See you soon. Well, let me uh, let me respond to what you just said because yes. we're so excited. I said this at the beginning, but I'm going to reiterate myself. 
we are so excited to have you on board. <laughs> Thank you. You're just, I, just this interview, you're so full of, so full of energy. It's like a can-do attitude. <laughs> like this is going to happen. It's not if it's going to happen. It will, will. happen. <laughs> yes. I love it. I absolutely love it. And Thank we're just you. so thankful to have you on board. And, and I want to express on behalf of the faculty and the administration here and the staff that uh, we, uh, we will be there for you. And Thanks. please don't hesitate to ask any of us for any help or advice or opinions on things. Uh, that's how we all learn. I so agree. Thank I appreciate you. it, and thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Dr. Toy. Thank you for having me. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes another uh, program for tips, topics, issues, and positions. Uh, we'll be airing uh, to, on Fridays at uh, 3 o'clock now and uh, rebroadcast on Saturdays at 4.30 on KDXI 100.3. Also, we're available on Facebook Live as well as on Podbean Podcast. So you can tune in to us anytime you'd like to. Just dial in to Radio St. George and put TIPS, T-I-P-S. And then this show here, you'll put the name Dr. Toy. You're just going to put down Toy, T-O-Y. (laughs) And uh, you'll have a whole list of all of our programs as we progress, so you can look at that particular program at your convenience. Again, thank you for being with us, and we'll, we'll see you and hear you and give you information next week at this time. Goodbye now.